0: Hello and welcome to Free America. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Free America Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Yaya. And today is Sunday, May 8th, the year is 2022. And this is episode number 90, nine zero. Wow, quite a far distance from where we began almost two years ago. And I'd like to thank you to uh, for continuing to join us and support the Free America Podcast in doing so. Um, today, we have a special guest and we're going to be talking about something a little bit off the off the beaten path, you know, I'm, I, I've been really beating a dead horse when it comes to COVID recently and the vaccines, and and of course I will be covering that in some of the news today. But today's guest, his name is James Enstrom, is PhD, um, has uh, worked for many years in the field of epidemiology, and he's also an expert on on pollution or or really the lack thereof. Uh, we're being told that we live in a very polluted area here in California, and um, and that's just simply not true. You know, we've made great strides in the area of that. But uh, moreover, the importance of his work is to really exposing that there is this, um, there's not a scientific consensus when it comes to things like pollution or when it comes to things like global warming, and oh, of course, or things like COVID, you know, we, we saw the same thing happen over the past two years where they say, oh, you know, doctors and scientists all agree. Well, no, they don't. And that's not the way science works. So we're going to get into that with James today, and hopefully you'll enjoy the conversation and be able to walk away with something a little more than what you started with. Yeah, that's what we try to do here at Free America, try to uh, try to educate, inform, and of course, hopefully entertain you along the way. Okay, so let's get started with some news. Uh, but first, uh, I want to introduce you to the new Free America podcast website. So same old website address, freeamericapodcast.com, but a whole new layout. Uh, it's much more concise to the point. It's very clean. It's it's um, easy to manage. And so uh, you can get, you know, the first few episodes right here. Of course, you can uh, uh, always get more if you continue to scroll down. But we've got some really neat areas here. You know, we've got the different episodes. You've got our, um, uh, you've got videos. Now, this is where you can find the video links to our podcast on Rumble. So if you click that, it takes you right to our Rumble page. No more of me just posting those up at the at the top um, of the show. So that way you can get to this stuff really easily and really quickly. So that's our new website. Uh, go and check it out. Let me know what you think here in the reviews section. We have a reviews. You can um, leave a review. You can you can read the reviews. Um, so go ahead and let us know what you think about the new website there on the reviews. Or you can send me a message um, through the contact button right here. Okay. So moving on, uh, if you like what we do here at Free America, you can always visit PatriotMobile.com and sign up. Use my name, Nick Yaya, uh, in the referral code uh, area when you do sign up, and they'll give me a free month of of wireless service. Now, this is a great Patriot-driven wireless service. Now, they use the same networks uh, that AT&T and T-Mobile use, so you get the same coverage, but for me, it was about half the price of what I was paying. So you're going to be supporting a great con- a company that, that is patriotic. It, it supports um, conservative causes. It, it They do not vaccinate or do not require their employees to be vaccinated if they don't want to. And uh, uh, all in all, it's just a, a, a good service, a great company. You can help yourself by by saving money. You can help this company. And you can help the Free America podcast if you if you use my name when you sign up. So just sign up. Use the name Nick Yaya as your code, as the as the promo code or the the referral code, and you'll be helping out the Free America podcast. Okay, so moving on to the news today, uh, this is a bit of a callback to last week. Um, if you might recall, I said uh, we were talking about this the Correspondence Dinner, uh, the, the big thing that all of the you know the the the, the media moguls attend along with all the DC elites. And uh, I bet a, a full Bitcoin against anybody who who would disagree with me on this. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for me, nobody took me up on that offer. But uh, I bet that at this dinner that that the the servants would be masked and all of the people at the dinner would not be masked. Well, here it is, um, the infamous Dr. Fauci, along with Don Lemon. And you can look at these photos here that all the people serving the food, people are, are, who are standing in the background waiting to cater to these folks, are all wearing masks. So again, this is uh, it's 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 good enough for the globalist predators to not wear masks, but of course not the servants, the servant class, the lower class to them in their opinion have to wear masks because they're filthy dirty servants and uh, should be treated as such. So, just the hypocrisy with these people is outrageous and really they they're just it's it's almost like they're they're just begging for us to to, uh, I don't know, to just to topple them, to, to bring them down, to bring them down to, to reality and off of these these high horses on which they ride. But anyway, I was right. <laughs> I, I hate being right sometimes. And this is a, definitely a case of that. So sad, but true. All right. Uh, interesting, a little bit of interesting side news here. As you might recall, last year, a, a lot of media organizations were making fun of people for taking ivermectin which is also in addition to being a human medicine it is also used to treat parasites in horses well now uh, these same outlets are 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 prompting their users to take horse medicine to abort their babies so so before it was it was mockery of people for allegedly taking horse medicine which they were not and now they're encouraging people to take horse medicine to abort babies these people are insane, insane. They have, they have absolutely no, no memory. They don't recall that they just talked about this a couple of months ago. Um, and they've got really no shame in just promoting the fact that they're killing unborn children with, uh, with, with drugs, as if that's OK. I, stunning to me. We won't get into that. That's a, that's a topic for a different day. But anyway, just thought you would find that interesting. Okay, uh, another interesting note here, the CDC used phone location data to monitor churches and schools to determine whether Americans followed COVID lockdown orders. Okay, so here is a government agency spying on American citizens, something that, that we were promised by the NSA does not happen. But of course, uh, James Clapper was lying. He lied to Congress, and he should be held in contempt, but he wasn't um, when he said that the NSA does not spy on American citizens. Well, here we have now in your face just another agency admitting to it because they found out that we weren't going to do anything about it last time they mentioned it. Last time uh, it was outed, that Clapper was lying. And so here they are just casually admitting that they're spying on Americans through your phone. Now, uh, this could be used to kind of chill in in terms of um, chill your your speech, your activities, because uh, now you know you're being watched. And this is one of the tactics they use. To uh, psychologically manipulate people, but uh, this is also just disturbing on its face because uh, we've got uh, unregulated government agency who's been responsible for damaging and destroying the economy and, and the psychological uh, uh, psychological damage as well they've they've caused uh, has has been immense due to their their policies of which they actually have no authority to issue. This is the thing, folks. I mean, this is what this this recent uh, uh, federal judge ruled down in Florida that the CDC just does not have that authority. I mean, y- you recall, they were getting into the mortgage business, right? They were saying that um, that uh, they are they were calling on um, landlords to to stop collecting rent from their tenants. Uh, you know, they put a moratorium on on collecting rent, as if they have the authority, all right So again, another rogue agency that has just gone full out of control, and something we need to rein in. Uh, here's an interesting story about Bill Gates. Now, this is interesting on a couple of levels. One, he plans to hire a 3,000-person social media team to push vaccines and suppress any differing information. Okay, so we've been through this drill before, as we've seen for the last couple of years on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. Anytime you post something related to the max vaccine. It'll say this is uh, this is either this is informa- misinformation or it'll point to the World Health Organization or it uh, you know or it, you know it'll it'll label it in some form or shadow ban it. it. It won't rank it in people's uh, feeds as as you can see. So they'll suppress the information. So this is just another iteration of that. But what I found interesting in this article is a quote from Bill Gates. He says this is this is so un- unexpected and almost so bizarre. And here it is. It says. Gates said, now that I'm back in the physical world, people come up and yell and protest. Back in the physical world. What, what, is that, what does that mean? Where was he? Was he in the ethereal world? The spiritual world? Did he, did he, did he take a, you know a sabbatical back to hell for a few months and check in with the boss? I mean, what does that mean? Back in the physical world. Uh, you know, where was he? Uh, very, very interesting. So I don't know if many people caught that when the, this article came out, but, uh, I found that definitely strange, right? Okay. Moving on here, uh, a little more COVID news. Biden regime warns COVID could infect a hundred million people this fall just in time for the midterm elections. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise here. They are again, uh, using fear to manipulate the public to, um, uh, essentially affect the outcome of an election, right? So they're giving themselves cover through these mail-in ballots that they're gonna use to, again, steal another election because Lord knows that they cannot win on merit because, uh, well, they simply are just poor legislators um, and they've shown it to be true. And they are puppets of the globalist predator class. Uh, Many of them are a part of that globalist predator class. And so here they are again, um, kind of pumping and priming the pump, getting people prepared for this new wave, of course, of COVID that's going to come down the pike. And as always, uh, you're getting the 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 echo from people in big pharma. So COVID-19, we may not be in a great spot in the fall, says Moderna CEO. So of course, they're echoing it as well, uh, which means that they they've got another campaign of vaccine Distribution ready to roll out on the tail end of that. Well, at the beginning of it, I'm sure. But anyway, um, another uh, in other Moderna news, uh, they've they it says Moderna blows out first quarter earnings expectations, triples COVID vaccine sales. So, so they're on a roll. They're just raking in billions, um, billions and billions and billions. So, uh, 3.66 billion in net income for the quarter. That's the first quarter of 2022. So uh, that's an increase of 1.2 billion over uh, what it reported reported a year previous to that. So about a threefold increase. So they are really raking in the money, folks. And that's and that's not just any money, all right. That's not consumer money. That's taxpayer money. That's your money is going to this criminal organization as they've uh, as becoming more and more apparent that the drug that they rolled out is not safe. It's not effective. In fact, uh, over 40,000 people now have died as a result of this product and over a million people have been injured, many of them permanently from this product. And so, um, again, you know, enjoy it while you can, Moderna. Enjoy it while you can because uh, eventually the chickens will come home to roost and uh, we will be coming for you and your money and then uh, and throw you in prison, hopefully for a very long time. Now, again, this is a kind of an effect of what I'm talking about here. An equity investment executive uh, says that excess deaths are running around 20% in the first quarter of 2022. So, again, you know, correlated to the rollout of the vaccine are, are, has been this increase in excess deaths. Uh, depending on the age group, it ranges anywhere from, from 20 here to uh, 40 and even as much as 60% in some parts of the country, uh, places like Kentucky. So, uh, again, concerning information with regard to that. Now, new studies are rolling out. This one uh, uh, talked about in the Epoch Times. A peer-reviewed study found that COVID vaccines are uh, increased the risk of cardiac arrest in young people by 25%. So, And that, that's a very conservative number. Of course, the study is in here for you to uh, review on, on your own. I will, of course, be posting this link for you to check out in the show notes section. Another German study found something very similar that those suffering severe complications after taking COVID-19 vaccine uh, is 40 times higher than previously recorded. So we are really seeing an impact of uh, the, the actual effect of these vaccines and how they're, what they're having on people uh, that correlates to, excuse me, the numbers being reported to the VAERS, uh, the VAERS system, vaccine adverse events reporting system. And another MIT study ties COVID shots to cardiac arrest among youth. Uh, again, you know it's, it's uh, associated with a 25% spike in emergency medical services for heart problems for uh, for 16 to 39 year olds. So these are the young demographic people that shouldn't be having heart problems, and we're seeing just a massive increase in that. Um, FDA is in the news here with the COVID uh, Johnson and Johnson. COVID-19 shot due to the risk of blood clots. Now, we saw this before. Uh, they pulled it temporarily and then put it back on the market. Now they're pulling it again. So, I mean, this is the same FDA as as someone pointed out here in the New York Post uh, back in February of 2021 that said the FDA backs the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine as safe and effective. So here again, we have a government agency not doing its job. It's been captured by big pharma. It's been captured by these global predators, and and they're out here trumpeting that these these untested drugs with no long term safety data are safe and effective. And policy is being made across the country with regard to this. Our executive branch is is issuing you know orders, you know, mandating that everybody be vaccinated. And then companies and corporations and CEOs are following suit and mandating that all of their employees be vaccinated. Based on this information from the FDA, it is a flat-out lie. And now we're finding, as the data keeps being released from places, uh, companies like Pfizer, showing that they knew that their product was causing harm. They knew it was killing people. They knew it was injuring people. They knew that it was not effective. at at stopping, but preventing the transmission or or, or anything related to COVID-19. And so again, you know, back to the first article, well, they restrict it now because it, you know, it causes blood clots because again, this is a long-term or a midterm safety issue that they did not know about. They hadn't tested it for long enough, like most drugs. And so here, this is the effect, blood clots, people dying. All right. Um, again, safe and effective out of the FDA. This is world news daily FDA excluded pregnant women from the COVID vaccine trial, right? So yet there they were on the other end saying that this is safe for pregnant women. It's safe for uh, women who are breastfeeding. Uh, I, I saw many, many, um, um, doctors, uh, doctors who, who, who treat women who treat, pre- you know, pregnant women. I can't think of the name of the doctor right now. For some reason, my mind is going blank. But but you know the, the pediatricians and you know that deal with children and and um, neonatal doctors and things like that, and and they were saying on places like Twitter that that they were recommending that their patients get the shots that pregnant mothers get the shots because it's safe and effective, and it's and it's not again another lie. And I reached out to a couple of these guys and said, look, what you're saying is not true, and you're going to get people killed. And, uh, in fact, one of them actually jumped off of Twitter. I said, look, bud, you know, you're going to be held accountable for murder at some point, if you keep this up now that you know the truth. And he actually jumped off of Twitter permanently anyway. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we are well 18 minutes in here. I got, I, I got to quit this. I had some more news to get to and some stuff. We we're going to talk about, uh, um, mysteriously, a lot of food processing plants across the country, um, going up in flames and, uh, Companies like BlackRock buy, buying up a lot of food processing plants as well. Bill Gates buying up farmland. Um, so we, we'll get to that next week. I'll, I'll cover that a little more next week. But uh, I'd like to start our, our conversation with our guest today. And uh, we're going to bring him on. So I'm, I'm just going to pause right here and, and, and again, reintroduce him. And, and, um, and we'll bring him on as a... Uh, well, as an expert in his field, I mean, some of the stuff that we were talking about before the show is just going to blow your mind. So, without any further ado, please join me in welcoming James Enstrom. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me.
1: This is a very uh, good opportunity.
0: Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you joined us. Um, you know, full disclosure to the audience, I met James a few weeks ago on another podcast called "Say What Needs Saying," and the. The topic of the podcast was uh, about global climate change. Is it real? Is it not? Is it you know is it man-made? is it um, is it a bunch of uh, scientific voodoo <laughs> you know? and and so James you know had a very interesting um, take and presentation on it based on a lot of his um, you know a lot of his research and lot, I mean he, he, James has really been into this this subject of research for for quite some time. You're talking about what well over 20 years now, right? Uh, well,
1: um, yeah, my career as an epidemiologist is now 50 years, um, wow. but the last 20, I've devoted mainly to environmental epidemiology.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, e- exactly. And so, uh, yeah, really excited to have you on the show. Like I said before the show, we were talking about a lot of different aspects of this, and um, and I do appreciate your patience. I know the news ran a little bit long there. I, I, I Sometimes I get carried away, so... <laughs> So thanks for sticking with us um, and, and hanging out and sharing some, uh, some some of your thoughts with us. So where, where would you like to begin? Uh, you know, I mean, he, we're, we're both here in Southern California. I I was born and raised here. And so I lived through um, what I recall in, in, my, in my youth um, in the San Fernando Valley, some very smoggy days. I remember actually feeling it in my lungs. But what I've noticed over time is that that's really not the case anymore there are no more smog alerts there are no more you know dangerous air quality alerts they're very rare yet for some reason it seems as if the state of california and and even local legislators are are just hell-bent on on just continuing with this environmental crusade is are are, is that is there really any cause for alarm or are they just being uh, uh, you know overly dramatic
1: Well, look, we have a lot of similarities. I was born in Los Angeles County in the city of Alhambra, and um, I lived in some of the smoggiest areas of Los Angeles in the middle of the 20th century when Los Angeles was defined possibly as the smog capital of the world at that time. And uh, the situation required uh, action uh, because the... um, levels of uh, pollution were um, making visibility difficult in terms of uh, seeing um, any any great distance and also the impact on lungs. And right. so the state um, established what was called the um, California Air Resources Board in 1967. And it was headed by a Caltech um, uh, aerosol chemist named Ari hagen A very distinguished scientist started this agency and um, their goal was to try to find ways to control the levels of, of smog. And then three years later in 1970, Uh, Richard Nixon established the US EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. And um, these two agencies have had as a major uh, focus um, controlling air pollution. And um, the levels of air pollution have dropped uh, consistently over the last half century. And um, this is because of regulations that have been implemented. And uh, you're absolutely right. The smog alerts that used to exist here in Southern California are no longer uh, present. And we have now at this point uh, levels of air pollution. The two main um, pollutants that are um, of interest are particulate matter, uh, particularly the portion called fine particulate matter and ozone. And both of these um, pollutants are at record low levels. In fact, they're um, at levels that are um, about as low as you can possibly go with the amount of human activity that exists Uh, especially here in Southern California. There's an agency that's um, a local agency. So in addition to the state agency of the California Air Resources Board, they have a local agency uh, called the South Coast Air Quality Management District, which covers the four counties of Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino. And that amounts to about 17 million people. and it is um, a an, an agency that again works off of uh, guidance from US EPA and the California Air Resources Board, mm-hmm. and um, and so we are now at a point where uh, the levels are so low that um, there is is really no. Um, a health effect that uh, justifies the uh, the levels of the of the impact of the regulations, and uh, there's a, a couple of key factors that are often f- uh, forgotten by the um, the people that are implementing these regulations. That uh, what what's done in California regarding air pollution doesn't stay in California Uh, air air moves and disperses beyond the state boundaries right so if they uh, if they make an effort to lower the levels in California which they have done there are countering effects um, of higher levels of air pollution coming from other places on like, earth and like china right yes and this this is exactly right yeah uh, on some days there are measurements now in california that 30 percent of the pollution comes from across the pacific ocean
0: from china so that's, that's um, amazing and, and stunning I, you know and and there's supposed to be that these you know, right at, at the at the global level wasn't there you know global climate summit and and everybody was signed on to this, you know, the Paris Accords, I believe. And, and I think it was President Trump who said, you know what, you know, w- we in the U.S. are doing our job. We're doing a fantastic job at addressing, um, at addressing pollution. And we have, and he's right. But there are other countries out there like China or India who have large populations who are emitting an immense amount of pollution into the atmosphere and and I think he he pulled us out of the Paris Accords and said, look, unless these guys are going to do their part, uh, we, we don't want to have any more. We don't want to have a part of this and keep funding it and keep financing it, because it's just not in our interest. And 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 he's right. They they continue to pollute. I think China is building one new coal uh, coal powered electric plant every week, or or something along those lines. And so. And yet here we are in California and we're shutting them down. We're not even shutting down coal plants. They're shutting down natural gas powered plants, which emit next to no pollution. Uh, as far as as far as I know, I could be wrong about that. So it's just it's just shocking to me to, to think that we've done so much over the past 40 to 50 years now almost uh, to address this issue. And and they're, they're pushing it even further now. Right, they want all all cars to be electric, uh, all cars sold in California to be electric by 2030, and and uh, yet they 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 don't they don't think about the the economics of it, the logistics of it, uh, making something like that happen. I mean, how, <laughs> how are you going to electrify 17 million cars, uh, right? Or you know or the pro- or well, not everybody I imagine would have a car, but. But you know, that's a, there's a lot of cars here in Southern California. Where are you going to plug them all in? How are you going to power those cars if you're shutting down these power plants? You know, so it's uh, we're a big mess. I mean, the policy I'm sure, in in very small part, is well intended, but I think moreover, it seems to be just like punitive. Like they they just they just hate people, they hate businesses, they hate industry, they just want to It seems like they just want to destroy the economy. I I I really don't get it.
1: Well, look, it's, um, I always uh, state there are basically four essentials uh, to life, uh, food, air, water, and energy. Mm. And what this particular um, agency, the California Air Resources Board, along with EPA has done is really um, uh, grabbed on to the air portion of those four. And um it's done it in a very, um, deceptive and devious way by linking, uh, inappropriately linking it to human health. Mm. And that's where I'd like to explain the, um, the particular, um, issue that has come up, um, that is involved with, it's, um, the notion, um, that air pollution kills people. In other words, it raises their death rate above what it would be if they had lower levels of air pollution. Mm -hmm. And this is a controversy that has gone on now for uh, uh, 30 um, 30 years. If you put up the other um, uh, comments that I made um, from, uh, to EPA. This right um, here? Yeah. These are comments that I made on February 25th. They're on my website. Uh, I have a website called the Scientific Integrity Institute, uh, which uh, contains basically my most of my scientific career. And um, in in this um, summary, which is a comment that I made uh, for three minutes, I was only allowed three minutes to make uh, comments to uh, the EPA group that is currently assessing the tightening of this standard known as the Fine Particulate Matter National Ambient Air Quality Standard or the abbreviated PM 2.5 NACs. Mm -hmm. And um, they're basically using, um, what they're using is, Um, a very uh, distorted uh, and inappropriate um, analysis of data on humans. In other words, uh, human uh, epidemiology involves uh, measuring uh, exposures. And most classically, this is like cigarette smoking um, and following the subjects over time for development of disease. And in particular, um, death from lung cancer is probably the strongest uh, relationship that exists in chronic disease epidemiology. And uh, these are where you get ratios. um, If you have really heavy smoking Uh uh, for long periods of time, you can get relationships that have Risks ratios of up to uh, one hundred times uh, a person right. that's never smoked uh, versus one that's a heavy smoker.
0: And, 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 uh, in, and, in, and in your comments too, you pointed out that that the, the persons, the average person's expo- exposure to these pollutants is the equivalent to smoking one or two cigarettes per year. Yes, that's right. You see.
1: Yeah. Um, And so uh, the whole thing is distorted. These are called confounding factors that are often just simply ignored. But um, among the weaknesses that exist in this type of epidemiology is that they are actually imputing the air pollution levels on individuals by their um, residence history. And in fact, uh, this is not actually measuring like asking a person about their cigarette smoking history. This is making a measurement, usually with a monitor that is not um, uh, next to the individual. It's a monitor that might actually be out by and many of them are near freeways or Mm -hmm. other sources of pollution. And so they're not not actually measuring the levels that the humans are exposed to. In fact, the air pollution levels uh, are well known to be very uh, much lower indoors than they are outdoors. And yet, um, this is not factored into some of these studies. Um, And so what happens is you um, you have a use of epidemiology. This is called ecological epidemiology because they're imputing levels to large groups of people that live, say, within a, uh, a zip code or um, within a city or within a county. Um, they're just assigning them the air pollution measurement for that particular area, but not on an individual basis. And then um, they, uh, they don't account, like you said, for the... Uh, the proper uh, amount of other sources like uh, cig- the air air pollutants that come from cigarette smoking. Fine particulate matter comes uh, much more from cigarette smoke than it does from the combustion processes. So, uh, fine particulate matter is mainly generated by uh, combustion um, and the biggest events that have occurred in the last few years have occurred in the forest fires in Northern California, where they right. have massive levels of of um, particulate matter, and-, and which
0: is which is another result of failed environmental policy here in California. They chose not to manage the forests properly and and let them uh, you know a lot of dead wood accumulate. And then we have these massive forest fires as a result. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the very policies that they, they enact come back to, uh, you know, create a a, a worse problem. I, I'm, you know, a lot, for lack of a better word, you know, it, 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 it comes back to bite them in the, in the butt. Right. And so uh, is this the same sort of thing that we're seeing here? Is this, is this kind of a, a, a you know an exercise in in self flagellation where you know we're we're bad we're horrible people we need to crank down even more on these environmental standards and um and and then in the end it it really isn't serving anybody but it the only thing it does really is damage the economy damage people's standard of living and make everything more expensive right well uh the, yes
1: I think in in uh, yeah those are actually consequences of of this bad science. But to give a little more background on the science, what has happened is that they um, they do not um, address the criticism properly of these um, studies that I've mentioned. And this has uh, been a controversy that's gone on now for uh, pretty much 30, 30 years. There was a seminal study that came out in 1993, called the Harvard Six Cities Study, where they studied six different cities with their varying pollution levels, and they showed the death rates were higher in the in the city that was with the highest level of pollution. But again, this was um, criticized on a number of good grounds, but the um, activists, uh, and this involves Uh, organizations like the American Lung Association, uh, the Union of Concerned Scientists, the Natural Resources Defense Council, a lot of lawyers get involved, and there um, are a lot of um, efforts to promote regulations. And so this controversy um, really got intensified in 1997 when they adopted the Fine particulate matter uh, standard, and um, it was controversial at that time. In fact, there was a book written by a prominent journalist called "Polluted Science," and he went through all of the um, problems that um, were involved with these studies. and the In addition to the Harvard Six City Study, there was a, a much larger study. Uh, it was done by the American Cancer Society, and um, that study was considered the seminal
0: study that uh, justified the standard. And um, so, they, so, they based this standard off of a one single study.
1: Well, basically, yes the the American Cancer Society. Um, study which was designed for cancer prevention i was actually involved in rolling in rolling subjects in that study back in 1982 when it started Mm -hmm. and um, it was designed to study um, various uh, lifestyle and dietary factors related to risk of cancer it was not designed to uh, study air pollution because they didn't ask any questions about air pollution and uh, so what they did was they broke it down by the different geographic areas and then assigned, like I said, the levels of the f- particulate matter that were in those particular
0: geographic areas. So, now, so they, um, and then they made assumptions based on that. They just it's, it's correlative, right? It's not. Yes, actual. That wow. is that's right. And these
1: are very weak associations. When I said you can get relative risks of up to a hundred uh, for lung cancer and cigarette smoking the levels here for um, the differences in air pollution are not a factor of a hundred they're a factor of about a ten percent increase not a hundred fold increase but a ten percent increase wow. and um, and this is down in the range of noise. And epidemiology is, chronic disease epidemiology is just not designed to pick up tiny effects like this with any certainty. Mm-hmm. And yet the um, the activist scientists working with the activist uh, environmental organizations and the activist employees at EPA and at the California Air Resources Board um, have use this opportunity to implement very uh, uh, draconian regulations. And um, I have particularly been involved with one that's called the uh, truck and bus regulation. This was implemented at the end of 2008 in California. And it was related to the fact that diesel particulate matter is one source of fine particulate matter. It's not actually a major source, but it's it's a um, since you can't um, control the major sources are like uh, 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 forest fires, which should be controllable in California, but given the poor forest management we have, are yeah. uh, are not not controllable. Uh, but uh, the diesel component is controllable by basically outlawing um, diesel engines or um, what they did as an alternative to outlawing them as uh, filters, diesel particulate filters that uh, were uh, not particularly effective and they they damaged the engines
0: on the diesel trucks. Right, and now, and and- now there's, some, there's some kind of additive to the fuel that is part of the newer standard that, um, it, it apparently makes it run cleaner, but if you run out of this additive, the truck is essentially inoperable. You can't just put more diesel fuel in it. You have to have this additive, or you have to have the fuel with the additive in it. And so, again, this is like another thing that cripples the the, the economy um, at a time at which we're in a very tenuous situation economically speaking, just coming out of this whole, you know, COVID nineteen lockdown and and everything that went with it and then the you know the supply chain issues you had issues with uh, not enough drivers not enough trucks because a lot of these guys didn't want to take the jab so uh, it, it almost seems like and and maybe you just give it your thoughts on this or your opinion on this but but it seems like their end goal is to implode the economy I, what do you th- what do you think their end goal is aside from their stated goal, which is reducing pollution to zero. Uh, I, I imagine, I think that's what it is, right? But, but what do you think that their, their real you know, goal is here? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I believe uh, they see this as a means of, of real control over um, many aspects of society. And um, it's worked extremely well in California because um, they just make it sound uh, so, um, you know, uh, plausible in a way that people uh, that aren't experts don't understand the uh, minute health effects, and mm-hmm. they don't uh, have a, a perspective. Uh, what I've tried to point out is that um, there is aside from the weak evidence that exists. And I did a seminal study in 2017 that showed the original study of the American Cancer Society was actually incorrect. Hmm. And so um, uh, this basis on which they established this fine particulate matter standard, uh, aside from the fact that it probably should never have been established because of the weak science, even the study, the seminal study that, that was done in 1995 turns out to be incorrect. And hmm. yet the um, approach that EPA has taken and the California Air Resources Board is they just pretend that I don't exist. I and mean, this is this is a form of scientific misconduct known as falsification, where you falsify the research record by just not citing uh, evidence that contradicts your um, your stated position.
0: Right. And kind of, so, kind of a, a lot uh, like what they did with the, the rollout of this uh, this vaccine, right? They they hid yeah. the data that showed that the product d- didn't work as well as they claimed it did, and or they manipulated the data um, to you know to say that well, look, it's a ninety percent effective. It's uh, but in fact, I won't get all into it. But yeah, they, they were able to manipulate yeah. the data to show that, to, and but in fact, the 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 truth was it was probably about, you know, it was uh, maybe a a few percentage points, not 90%, you know, one or 2%. And, and same sort of thing is going on here where they're, they're not including some data, they're, they're, they're manipulating other data, and uh, to get the desired result. And so, so this, so they're, so is this, is this actually a criminal uh, offense? I mean, can they be charged for doing this?
1: Well, there's not not really a, a scientific court. Um, yeah, the the, uh, the problem is, and and this now uh, actually the problems in air pollution epidemiology have actually been um, uh, sort of given a, uh, a boost. Um, you know, in other words, the critics like myself um, have been given a boost by the fact that the um the coronavirus epidemiology has been so badly mangled right and um exposed and so there of- this is uh, this is broad over many areas of science particularly the field of epidemiology mm-hmm. which uh assesses risks to humans due to um various factors and and specifically the 2 were mentioning now coronavirus and um air pollution um but just to give you a feel for the the devastating impact um and how it relates currently uh the uh, um uh, regulations on trucks are so severe here in california and especially at the ports Mm -hmm. the um supply chain problem is in part due not not necessarily not entirely to the shortage of drivers but to the fact that uh, half of the available diesel trucks are not allowed into the ports because they're too old or their pollution levels are too high right and also the drivers who are these are blue collar workers many of whom uh, only have a high school most of whom only have a high school education and they uh they can't afford to buy a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollar 18 wheel diesel trucks uh that are meeting the carb standards uh yeah. and and so what happens is um we are now um, dealing with crises that um, are in uh, part uh, influenced by the um, um, the regulations, and then uh, what you're putting on now is just an indication of how the scare tactics work. Right. And this is a uh, annual report that comes out from the American Lung Association called State of the Air. Uh-huh. and this was um just published um literally uh a See, week or so ago april, yeah april 23rd uh and and it's um classifying Los Angeles um as the worst uh or most polluted uh area in in the nation
0: this is and it's a
1: total it's a total distortion because yeah. They don't account for the fact that the levels are uh, virtually as low as they can go, and that, L, the, believe it or not, they, um, Los Angeles Basin, Southern California, is one of the lowest in terms of total age-adjusted mortality in the United States. California as a whole is second lowest in the nation in terms of total age adjusted death rate. You'd never know it from all the scare tactics that exist in the state, but it's yeah. a health conscious state. It also has uh, two groups that have lo- low mortality, the Hispanics and right. the Asians. Right. The Hispanics are uh, experiencing something called the hispanic paradox because it's not clear why they have such low death rates because they're not high socioeconomically but you're pointing out you see right there you're highlighting um the trucks that um uh go along the particularly the 710 freeway
0: yeah
1: uh in and some of the more dire uh activists call that the diesel death zone right Uh, they use every term they can to make it um as sound, as um, dramatically bad as possible without actually explaining how healthy people are. Right.
0: And, uh, and, they're, and they're attributing it to, the, to the, the diesel exhaust. And it says, you know, they have the worst health outcomes in the city as a whole. Well, do they take into into account any other factors such as diet, such as, you know, lack of exercise, right? So, uh, again, it's a it's a it's a kind of a red herring, really, for them to say, yeah, well, this is all due to uh, to the diesel and to people living next to the freeway. Well, what about the people that live next to the freeway in Sherman Oaks? Right. Uh, Or Encino. Right. These are not low income people. Are they suffering the same ill effects? No. And so so, again, they're they're trying to trying to um, say that it's it's correlated uh, with this, but it's it, it clearly is not. Um, and, and the other thing I wanted to point out really quick but before we move back to this was that uh, you were talking about the trucks and the ports. It says here they have a joint goal of having entirely zero emission equipment by 2030 and a zero emission truck fleet by 2035. And and as you were saying, these guys, uh, these truck operators, uh, they're not they're not super wealthy. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't have fleets and fleets of trucks and and they they can just. You know, uh, upgrade to completely electric, and uh, and I'm sure those are very expensive to do. So you know, these owner operators can't can't do this, and even the, probably the big fleets uh, can't afford to do this. So it's it's almost as if I mean they, they they've got this impossible goal to reach, and they're and they're using this false narrative that that these diesel trucks are is killing people um, in, in these areas. And it, it's it just seems to me uh, this is just more fear mongering, right, that, that it just comes out of the it comes out of these these, you know, liberal progressive governments that you have here in California and other places, you know, places like New York, same sort of thing. It seems like all their policies are based on fear and all that fear is created by uh, manipulating data and distorting things. It's just this is just infuriating. People people should be just enraged by this.
1: Well, uh, the the more they can learn, and that's why it's important for um, sources like yourself Mm -hmm. to try to help get some balance in terms of the uh, uh, exposure of Mm -hmm. the um, actual evidence. And so uh, I've worked uh, hard on this, but it's very hard. The the universities and the um, different agencies are all um, pushing this extreme agenda, especially here in California. Now, that's not true in uh, many parts of the United States. In fact, the situation is so bizarre that many truckers don't even want to come into California because of the different um regulations yeah. where they might be driving uh completely um legally all over the united states but then they hit the california border and suddenly their uh, their truck is no longer legal i mean it, it's it's it really um something that needs uh again more exposure in terms of the ability to to get the actual facts and get some common sense. To give you an idea of how extreme these agencies are, just in the last couple of days, I heard that the uh, South Coast Air Quality Management District was gonna propose uh, helping subsidize these uh, new electric trucks, which are not as reliable as the diesel trucks. No, and uh, the, then this is just going to be a complete waste of uh, money, but they're going to push this agenda anyway, and the um, the uh, ability of the um, the trucks uh, and and other um, equipment. This affects equipment that's used all over the state in construction, mm-hmm. in manufacturing in farming hmm. these are all impacted and they, they help drive up the costs so there's a lot of costs uh, and this is, relates to the fact that gasoline is on the order of um a dollar and maybe it's as much as a dollar and a half higher here in california than it is in the rest of the nation per gallon and um and these uh these are now becoming um, uh, more concerned because of the the in greatly increased um, costs f- due to inflation and um, the different um, uh, energy crises that we're we're experiencing. Uh,
0: I mean, there's a whole there's a whole domino effect to it, and and unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's the it's the the consumer who pays the price so people people can afford to buy less they can afford less you know in gasoline I mean I, I went to the gas station the other day and I I gave him 60 bucks cash and it should have been more than enough to fill up my car and it still did not fill up my car and I I'm just I'm beside myself because the, you know that money I mean a couple of years ago it was half that to fill up my car and so I could have taken that money and spent it elsewhere. Right. So the economy suffers as a result of that. You know, the price of, of goods goes up. The price of food goes up. You know, the price to 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 you know, to farm that food has gone up because of the price of fuel. And now they want to, on top of that, make it even more difficult for farmers to harvest their crops and to do what they have to do or for truckers to 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 take that from one side of the state to the other, you know, from our, from the rural central Valley into, you know, you know, highly populated Southern California, it's going to be more expensive to truck those goods down here, that food down here. And it's like, it's like they don't take into account any of these things. It's, 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 it's as if they, you know, they, they just don't even, they, you know, it feels good. It feels great. It sounds great. Right. You know, hey, we're saving the environment and we're reducing pollution and yay, yay. But but they don't for for one, you know, they don't consider the fact that the the economic impact of it. But then then, then, like, as you're pointing out, um, they're not really doing anything and they're not they're not saving anybody from anything because there's not the problem. We don't have a problem. They need to stop. They just need to stop this nonsense.
1: That's right. And this is where. Uh, it's especially because of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. We mm-hmm. see the importance of energy production in the United States. We could be providing energy to the rest of the world if we were allowed to generate it. Instead, we've got this situation now that, uh, like you mentioned before, uh, attempt to eliminate natural gas and to eliminate the um, last remaining nuclear power plant in california although the governor apparently is uh maybe re- reconsidering something on this uh uh that just has come up in the last uh, week or so but the um the environmentalists have a tremendous control and it's it's not science-based if you go back to my comments i'll tell you another disturbing thing the comments i made on february 25th if you could Post the um, page. Uh, yeah. Or, Which one are we looking for? It's the one from February twenty fifth. Um, it's not necessary to post it if you if it's difficult.
0: Well, uh, the, the two the, that I the two that I have, yeah, the February twenty fifth one. Okay, here it is. I'm pulling that up now.
1: Okay. To anyone that wants to go into this in detail. I give a uh, YouTube uh, at the very top there where you can actually watch my comments. And yes, you're highlighting it uh, appropriately. Um, the comments that I made and I recruited about 15 other uh, people from different walks of life, including I got um, uh, you know, businessmen and other um, impacted Californians and other people from other areas the um we all made our statements three minutes each to the uh this panel which is called the CASAC, the clean air scientific advisory committee uh particulate matter panel mm-hmm. and they sat there and looked at uh, us like we were uh, didn't exist they didn't ask a single question about what we said they didn't make a single comment and um this is, this is extremely unprofessional of these people. And now uh, there's another comment period, believe it or not, another comment period on ozone coming up on June 8th, a month from now. Okay. And the notice that all of these, um, these proceedings must be announced in the Federal Register. The Federal Register for this ozone um, uh, meeting um, doesn't provide for public comment and i'm i'm going to investigate this with the epa official that is designated but this if this is true that they're just gonna uh not uh, they may have been upset at the comments that were given on uh february 25th and now if they don't accept any comments this This is as dangerous as you can get. Well, now that
0: right now, right there, they're actually, um, they're violating a regulation or a law that's in place that was actually cited by, uh, the, the, the federal judge in Florida that ruled that the CDC didn't have the authority to mandate masks on planes and trains. And I, I, I read the, her, 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 um, report, not report, but her, um, you know the, the the findings for her ruling and in that it says that the CDC declined to allow the public the opportunity to comment so it was a 30 day period and i forget it's like I apa think. or something like that that they have to abide by and one of the reasons the judge revoked that mandate was because they didn't do that so perhaps i mean this could be kind of a, a you know a blessing in disguise here that is, since they didn't or they're not going to allow for public comment, um, then it might be um, viewed by someone in the, in the judicial branch that uh, they, they aren't following the appropriate procedure and therefore their mandates are illegal. Yeah.
1: No, listen, if you go to the very bottom, you highlight basically the last um, uh, couple lines there, Uh, of the text um okay uh where it says uh no go no not not uh it's the text where it says federal advisory committee act Uh
0: uh-huh okay
1: okay so these scientists that i that we were all talking to that are on this case act the clean air scientific advisory committee um were appointed um in accordance with the Federal Advisory Committee Act.
0: Yeah, I think this, that's what she was talking about in her ruling. And
1: this is also related to the case you're talking about with um, CDC. Right. This act requires that the, um, the individuals appointed do not have clear conflicts of interest. Which they do. Which is uh, actually, uh, we've demonstrated there's a lawsuit. There's a current lawsuit uh, that is uh, involving two other uh, close colleagues of mine, um, Drs. Young and Cox. Um, and this is um, a, a pointing out that they are um, in violation of the conflicts of interest because many of these scientists are um, have received EPA uh, funding They've been on um, other panels where they have been, ex- uh, they've published uh, uh, very strong statements about the need for regulation. And um, another aspect of this um, FICA is that the, there must be some balance of views. And they have actually made sure that scientists like myself are not on these committees. So the current EPA has uh, just basically appointed a small group of scientists with clear conflicts of interest and with already a predetermined agenda. And now um, when they sit there and don't even react when uh, persons like myself with tremendous expertise make valid comments, we have real, real problems, and now if they shut off the public comments, that's the last straw. Then, then that's going to be clear to many more people that they're not even they're not even going to attempt to be uh, in any way uh, objective.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that just tells you right there exactly the well the, the state of the issue. Right, if they have to go as far as hiring scientists, pay, you know, paying scientists, and then bringing them on the panel or on the board, um, so essentially a big conflict of interest, and then suppressing anybody with contravening or contravening, uh, um, um views on this or data, you know, or studies that that contradict their their studies. Right. And then on top of that, they won't let the public in to comment on it. That's a huge red flag that says to me that they cannot defend their position in, in any meaningful fashion. You know, for, you know, if in, 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 even if this were some kind of debate, right, uh, they, they couldn't defend their position. And so so they're they're preventing other people from debating them on the topic because they would lose. So it it seems like that's the same sort of thing that just happened with with COVID. That's the same sort of thing yep. that's been happening for for decades now. Uh, with with you know you're talking about environmental policy, but um, in 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 many other aspects of our our life here in the United States, it seems like they're stacking the deck, they're 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 they're, they're cheating essentially to get to get their to accomplish their goals to achieve you know what their agenda is and and i find that highly disturbing because because it's just it's one it's not scientific it's not democratic it's not doesn't use any any of the processes that uh, you know a functioning western society is built on you know they're using it's almost like these authoritarian means by which to just ram through you know their their agenda, their view. and this is really disturbing stuff.
1: It is. Now, let me give you one more example of this. and this is involving the leading science journal in the United States of America. It's called Science. It's uh, published by the um, American Association for the Advancement of Science, an organization that was started in eighteen eighty. It includes most of the um, active scientists, at least at one point, most of the active scientists in the United States. Uh, I've been a member of that group since 1976. Um, and I I just a few couple of weeks ago was able to speak to the um, editor in chief of science. Um, he was... Diplomatic enough to speak with me because I've been critical of a number of things that are published in that uh, journal. And again, it was on the topic of the, what was known as the EPA transparency rule. EPA, uh, under the Trump administration, was attempting to um, get a rule in where evidence had to be transparent and uh, accessible, so that the the public or the other experts that wanted to examine the evidence could actually see the evidence of what on um, the that the regulations are based upon. And um, the this was uh, contentious um, but the goal is good because transparency and reproducibility are essential aspects of the scientific method.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is how uh, this is how science advances. Right. And so the editor, um, I was making the case that I had submitted, uh, well, my publication that I published in, 19, in 2017 was rejected by both Science and uh, their online journal called Science Advances. And um, also, uh, I had also had rejected a, um, an article on the importance of the EPA transparency rule. And so I was uh, discussing. I got to speak to him for twenty minutes um, about having some forum in science where I could express my views. And normally, this is called a policy forum, which has been used. Um, he's allowed several of the other side that uh, to present their views, and uh, he he discussed this with other. The other editors at science and he came back with a a statement which he actually wrote to me he said basically he will not allow me to publish anything in the form of a article a letter to the editor or even what's called an e-letter which is an online letter which is supposed to be automatically posted as just a um uh, an electronic submission and so he's on the record that uh, he's not. He's not going to allow it. And I think what they feel wow. is they've got they've got such control over this now that um, when a scientist like myself pops up, they're just going to squash me. Yeah. And uh, this is as dangerous as you can get for science. And so um, uh, it it ties in with a lot of the things that have been going on with coronavirus and um, and so. Uh, we need we need to do everything we can to fight this because uh, if science uh, abandons the scientific method and it just becomes completely politicized,
0: we're in dire straits. Yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. You, you. I think that was very well uh, well put and very succinct and to the point. Is that is that these so called scientists have abandoned the scientific abandoned the scientific method? It's it's just again shocking to me to think that men of science men of logic and reason um are are abandoning the very thing upon which their their life's work you know allegedly is is based right it's it it, it, i mean there's no integrity there's no it's, it's it's that is the most shocking thing and and it's right and it's not and it's been going on for for quite some time i think you know with with regard to the, the issue of global climate change, which was, I I believe, originally, it was supposed to be global cooling. um, And then the the science changed, and it was global warming. And then the science changed again. And it was, and it was, um, you know, climate change, right? Because they, because things just, (laughs) just kept not fitting the, the, the model, they couldn't reproduce the results, right, of the of the theory. And, and so, um, but it seems to me like, and from what, from what I understand, what you were discussing and we were discussing on that other podcast is that they, they've been doing this. They've been silencing critics for a while. They've been um, uh, you know, suppressing information and data and actual science and studies um, that, that prove them wrong. And that's that's really dangerous. That's really dangerous because all of this stuff, you know, everything is predicated on this, that we're destroying the planet. Right. And if we're destroying the planet, we we have to save the planet. That means that we have to all make sacrifices. Right. And we have to sacrifice some some of the pleasures of life or we have to sacrifice some of our freedoms. Right. I mean, what's going to come next? is they're going to say, well, you know, because the environment, uh, you know, you can't travel as much, okay, you can only use so much gasoline per month, or you can only fly so many miles per year. Of course, the, you know, the, the upper class and the elite will be exempt from this because they they have to, like people like John Kerry, you know, the climate czar, he has to fly around in his private jet um, all over the world because, you know, he's important. But But for us little people, you know, I can see this coming very very near in the very near future uh, they won't allow us to travel because it's bad for the environment and we all have to do our part and and what I'm seeing is and what I've seen actually are uh, a, a model or a mock-up of this um, this digital ID this digital passport that they're rolling out in Canada and and among other things such as your you know your name and date of birth, your driving information. They've got your your voting information, your medical information, your vaccine status. But they've also got your 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 carbon footprint. So yeah. so they're going to be able to monitor that, and and coupled together with with central bank digital currency, which they can program, they're going to be able to turn off people's money, turn off people's access to energy. And their ability to travel and move about freely, and and or even buy the food that they want. Well, that food that you know that steak is too many carbon credits, right? So you can't you can't afford that. You've already used up your carbon credits for the month, and and so this is this is people need to take this very seriously. This isn't just some right you know uh, you know uh, a kind of a, a scholastic argument over you know whether or not pollution is harming human beings and and or um to what degree i mean this is something that is has a larger impact on on pretty much everything and everybody uh this is just this is, this is stunning really stunning to hear this um now is there uh is there something that people can do i mean other than you know following along getting involved um going to your to your website and, and watching some of the videos that you know that you have on this paper at YouTube are there other things people can be doing can they can they go to some of these hearings or can they uh, can they write to their their elected representatives you know what what kind of things can people do to help fight back against this? well I, I believe uh, that the um,
1: comments that they can make uh, especially as they relate, to some of these newest regulations are very important that they must confront these agencies. And I've been doing this now uh, for 15 years. There's a lot of, um, um, you know, just uh, reluctance on the part of the agency Uh, because they have so much power given the current uh, political status of California. But we've now gotten to the point of real absurdity. Uh, I'll just give you a couple of examples. There are um, uh, new regulations on sports fishing boats because of the diesel engines on the sports fishing boats out in the ocean. Okay, now this is... This is a this is a new group that is much smaller than the uh, diesel trucking industry. Yeah, but it shows that they're they're reaching out. They're not only doing that; they're now reaching out and uh, going to eliminate um, gas gasoline powered lawnmowers right. and yes. and blowers. Yes, yes. And so this is going to impact all these gardeners uh, that yeah. are. They they work day to day. They don't have uh, massive resources. They don't have the ability to carry around. Apparently, you need ten batteries to operate some of these uh, uh, lawnmowers if you're going to go for a you know many different locations during a whole day. Right. Uh, this this is uh, absurdity again because of the dangers of the pollution from these. Um, these uh minor sources. Yeah. And um and it just goes on and on. Several years ago they they eliminated a lot of uh new construction of wood burning fireplaces in homes. And the these are or gas burning stoves. Yes. And gas that's that is one of the most dangerous of all. The elimination of natural gas um and um and so, people must stand up yeah. and protest. To their they can protest to the um, to the uh, power companies in Los Angeles. It's the Department of, of Water and Power, um, yeah. or to the Southern California Gas Company. Uh-huh. Uh, they can stand up and say they want they want this uh, properly assessed. They don't want to just. Uh, follow some um, guidance that's coming from from uh, activists right they want to hear both sides of the story right good and yeah. I, okay sorry uh there are there are uh, individuals that are doing doing this to a um um to a large extent uh there's a uh, person uh, a very in, good investigative um, journalist in Texas named Robert Bryce. Uh, he's done a number of podcasts on this, including uh, he's even got a um, legis- a, a liberal Democratic uh, legislator in the Sacramento area um, who agrees with him, especially on the issues like natural gas and um and so it is possible to turn this around we've got some uh some very energetic people um and young young man um alex epstein who's written about the moral case for fossil fuels we actually have a candidate for governor now an independent candidate named michael schellenberger who's advocated for a continuing uh nuclear Power, which is uh, the ultimate clean source of energy, uh, but has been demonized uh, by the radicals because of uh, a couple of minor accidents where no one was really killed due to uh, radiation. And so um, these these are things where people can um, they can um, uh, stand up, but they need to do that. They need to actually stand up. And not just um, continue to uh,
0: take the take the regulations. Yeah, I, I bring up this article to to uh, edify your point that, and this came out. I just read this today. Bill De Blasio was the you know, mayor uh, of New York uh, City. Uh, he banned gas stoves and actually natural gas hookups to all new. Um, all new construction there in New York. And, and experts say it'll backfire. It did backfire. This isn't the actual article I read, but you know the city is trying to help minorities in the environment at the same time. And so it sounds a lot, exa- exactly like the same playbook that they're using here in California. Well, this is to help the environment and, and, the, and the minorities, right? And in fact, it ends up hurting them. And in the article that I read, I'll, I'll pull this down now. It, it essentially said that that they end up using more natural gas to create the electricity to, to power the the electrical uh, the electrical stoves than it, it takes to heat you know the same energy thermal right. units it would take to heat that you know that food or the water or whatever um, it uses like something like three times as much natural gas to create the electricity to cook the food wow. that it would have taken with just the natural gas. And so it's go it's so it's obviously going against their own environmental policy, right? You know, it, it's it's not about the environment; it's about control, yeah, right? All of this is exactly. about control. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in many ways defying basic laws
1: of physics and chemistry in some of this policy that just doesn't. Uh, it's not going to reduce. Um, uh, pollution any more than it's been reduced. It's not gonna reduce greenhouse gases, especially when you've got countries like uh, uh, China and India um, uh, increasing the um, amount of uh, pollution. And right. so uh, th- this requires the citizenry to stand up and actually um, uh, voice the so voice their concerns and, 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 saying, um, and,
0: the, and, the, and they can, and you said they can, I mean, they could do this by reaching out and, and, and to, I mean, to the EPA or is it to like the the air quality management board here in Southern California or, or, or like what agencies yeah. directly can they, or should they be approaching?
1: Well, uh, again, they, uh, there has to be a little bit of effort to locate the, uh, Opportunities for public comment, but the South Coast Air Quality Management District and their push for electric trucks, Uh uh, this can be, um, this can be looked up um, and the California Air Resources Board on their um, mandates. um, Again, they can, um, there are opportunities for public comment um, and with the EPA there are opportunities for uh, public comment. Okay. And there, I don't think there's an easy way of doing this other than um, uh, I would certainly be happy to show you the the sources. If you'd like, I can give you a number of different sources that you could post. Um, I know on some of your other podcasts, you, you have some links. Um, right. Yeah, in the
0: show notes section, I can include that. So, what we'll do, right? So, yeah, when we're done here, or when you have some time, uh, send me those links, and then I will under under your name and information, I will also post those links. We call them I call them action items, yes. so where folks can actually take action and do something. So uh, that will be great. Yes, please do share those with me, and share I'll share those with the audience, and and we can. We can get to work, and we can start um, making some making some things happen. And one one thing I've learned in this last couple of years is, once people become aware of something, people move to action. And so it's important an important part of of achieving any goal or taking any action is to is to make people aware of it. And so I, I want to thank you for for doing this for so long. First of all, but also for coming on the show today. And, and really making me aware of something i I didn't really uh, know and of course all of our viewers and listeners um, as well so really th- thank you so much for for the work you do and for the work you've done and and um hopefully you know we'll we'll get some more people here on board and and help you in this fight no
1: I really um look forward to that and I think we can really uh do a lot of um we can have a lot of impact here in Los Angeles if, if I can work with uh, with very um, energetic uh, investigative uh, journalists and podcasters like yourself.
0: Great, and you know, and that's where and you're right, and it's just not California because it's just, this is where it starts. This is where the policy that affects the rest of the nation and and ultimately the rest of the world is really a lot of it starts here in California. So people people listening and in, in, in viewing this um, understand that even if you don't live here in California, you can have an impact by um, reaching out to these agencies here in California and making your voice heard. So just know that, because we have viewers and listeners all over the world here. And so if they, again, if they'd like to get involved, we're going to have those links for you folks in the show notes section. And it really is important just to take a few minutes um uh, to to have your voice heard to make your voice heard on this issue because it's it's much more than just the environment as we've shown here um it's it's really is yes. uh, there's a lot at stake here so uh we encourage you all to please um just just do a little something just chip in a little bit of time and help make that happen and help James out here cuz this man's working hard folks he's <laughs> he's you know, he's it really, he's, he's, he's the one man standing up against a tidal wave of, of bad scientists and, and the uh, people who, people who don't have our best interests at heart, who on the face, they pretend that they do, but uh, in reality, they, they do not. So um, thanks James, really so much for, um, for again, for the work that you do and, and for coming on the show. Okay. Thank you again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Good. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Really important stuff there. Again, so happy that James could join us and share that with us. You know, I I learned a lot today, things that I just was not aware of that were going on really behind the scenes and how the mechanics of this whole uh, environmental movement were. You know, you think on its face, it sounds like these people are trying to save the world, but in fact, they're doing the exact opposite. They're creating more um, of these... um, Uh, you know, these alleged problems, right? They're using more energy to create energy than they would, you know, they're trying, they're saying they're trying to conserve energy, but they're not, they're actually using more energy and, um, and they're, they're making everybody's lives hell in the process. They're making things more difficult for people. They're making things more expensive and it's just completely unnecessary and, and the way they're going about it, too, is really quite disturbing. I, I wasn't aware that uh, they were really suppressing the science that bad. But um, to hear uh, just in the last segment there what James was talking about is truly shocking and, and extremely disappointing to hear that uh, these so-called people of science are, are, are really anything but. Uh, they're nothing more than uh, activists, really. These, these aren't scientists. So. Uh, I'd like to thank you all again for tuning into the show. And, of course, if you like what we do here at Free America Podcast, always slip on over to the freeamericapodcast.com website. Share it with your friends and family. Um, You can share this episode as well as others. We have direct links right there to the audio versions of the episodes. And, of course, if you click over over here on videos, uh, it'll take you to the links where you can watch these on Rumble or BitChute. And you just click on there, and it'll take you – right to those videos so if you like to share the videos on your on your social media feed, please feel free to do that. I don't have any copyright restrictions you can share it all you want. We just got to get this information out to people and please do remember to go to the show notes section of this very episode and take some action all right just a couple of words uh, uh, to these uh, regulators and these you know the EPA and so forth really will make a difference so so take a couple minutes and make a difference in your community and in the world because we are really saving the world from these monsters every day we do this folks okay so thanks again for tuning in thanks again to our 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 guest james enstrom and uh, again to you for watching the show we'll see you all next week for another exciting episode of the free america podcast that's all for now good night everybody.